So reading from Matthew chapter 1, <clears throat> verses 18 to 25. This is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together she was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man and did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him, and he took Mary home as his wife. But he had no union with her until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. Well, good morning, everyone. It's been a real treat for me to be here these last couple of weeks uh, and uh, to share with you people, but also to catch up with family. Bit of family here today, isn't there? Uh, a number of generations present. Uh, it's a special day. Well, let's first of all pray as we approach God's word. Now, Father, you have given us a great heritage. Amongst us today are people who... Uh, have known about you for generations. And we thank you, Lord, for the faithfulness of your people. We thank you for the power of your word that comes to us new every morning. And we thank you, Lord, that as we continue in this world in which we live, your word is more and more able to prepare us and guide us and give us what we need each day. We thank you for children and for the great blessing of, of having children and family. Today we especially pray, Lord, for, uh, for those who can't be here, for those who are aged or ill, for those, Lord, who are travelling. We ask for your travelling mercies to go with them. But it's our prayer, Lord, as we approach your word now, as we consider the meaning of Christmas, that uh, we will leave this place knowing you better and understanding and enjoying you more. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, as David has already said, it's a busy time of the year, and even for us uh, who uh, appreciate what Christmas is all about, sometimes we wonder if not a Christmas has been hijacked altogether. We really need to shift Christmas maybe to another time of the year <laughs> and let, let the, uh, the shops have it. I know they've got to make a living, and that's important. Uh, we all have to make a living. But certainly, we can lose the meaning of Christmas. Stuart Briscoe, in his uh, article, Meet Him at the Manger, had these words to say. He said, the spirit of Christmas needs to be superseded by the spirit of Christ. The spirit of Christmas is annual, but the spirit of Jesus is eternal. The spirit of Christmas is sentimental. 
but the Spirit of Christ is supernatural. The Spirit of Christmas, it's a human product, but the Spirit of Christ is a divine thing. If we can come somewhere near that today and have, if we like, God's view of what Christmas is really all about, then we'll go away from this place feeling, yes, it's been good to meet with God's people and it's been good again to know Jesus. And what we're going to try and do today, have a God's eye view because God looks down on history which spans such a long space of time. We think we uh, live a fair while in this life but suddenly, well, as you get older you realise that the days go much faster. I'd like to share with you a story of a newspaper man who uh, lived in Chicago. He had uh, a Master of Studies in Law from uh, Yale. He was an award-winning legal editor of the Chicago Tribune. And on this particular Christmas, he was doing an article on the poor of the city. And for a number of weeks he had done this, and it was now Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve, like... uh, in many of our businesses is a time when not much gets done, except maybe if you're a motor mechanic. He had not much to do, so he decided, well, maybe he didn't decide, maybe it was God deciding for him, that he'd go and visit a lady who he visited only a few weeks before and included in his article. His article was about a lady who was 60 years of age, who cared for her grandchildren, They'd been burnt out of their accommodation. They had to move into temporary quarters. And he wrote about this as one of the poor of the city. So getting hold of a company car and driving down to the address, he opened the door of this apartment to be totally surprised. For as he opened the door, there were the granddaughters coming out with parcels under their arms and people coming backwards and forwards along the hall. He went inside to find out that the public had been very, very generous. This small apartment was jam-packed with boxes of food and clothing and furniture. And these people, this lady and the two granddaughters, were giving it away to their neighbours. He couldn't understand this because he'd been a sceptic, maybe even an atheist for a long time. He asked her, what are you doing? People have been so generous in giving you these gifts. She said, how can I have all of this when my friends and neighbours have nothing? He said, well, the people gave them to you. And she said, without being rude, well, in actual fact, God gave them to me. And the best gift that I can have, I'm going to have tomorrow morning when I remember my saviour Jesus. Well, this sceptic, this newspaper man who went along to fill in time, got more than he bargained for. He went away there from there feeling, I wish I had what she's got. And he thought about that again and thought, no, I wish I have who she has. In time, and I'll come back to that, in time, This man was to discover the reality of Jesus. But in the meantime, it's good to know 
that God is in control and this woman acknowledged that God is the one who handles things. Um, the Bible tells us, for the Lord, a thousand years is like a day. And in actual fact, Bethlehem, the birth of Jesus, began in Eden when first man and first woman was placed upon this earth. When they lost, if you like, their relationship with God through their sinfulness and God had said to them that uh, the time will come when your descendant will crush Satan. And if you read the Old Testament... There's a continuous message of God being in control and having a plan. He says to Abraham, through you I will bless the world. Through you all nations of the world will be blessed. Through the books of Isaiah we're told a virgin will conceive and bear a son. As we read through the scriptures we find that God's people will be a light to the Gentiles. And we come to that point in history when this man and this woman make this journey to Bethlehem. And again, it was not an accident. Friends, consider history. Because God is the God of history. The Greek Empire under Alexander the Great unified the world like no other great nation, great people. He gave them the gift of culture, but he gave them the gift of language. So by the time the Romans came and took their turn at running the world and added to the great work of the Greeks, the Romans carved roads throughout the whole of the known world, gave them law and order and citizenship, but they still have a common language. Paul puts it this way in Galatians 4. In the fullness of time, or if you like, when the right time came, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, for us. God, you see, sees the beginning from the end. When he created us, he knew what was going to happen. Uh, When we sinned, he prepared for us a saviour. And that plan includes one day Jesus coming again to judge the world. Friends, when Jesus came to Bethlehem, it was no accident. God had you and me in mind. It was the right time because when Jesus was born in Bethlehem, all the conditions were right for the propagation of the gospel. Even those who were driven from their home because they were believers had greater opportunity than ever and because of that today in Australia, amongst us Gentile people, we have a saviour, the Son of God. We remember today when God came down to earth in human flesh. As one little girl put it, God with skin on. But it's true. Jesus went through everything that we had to go through. Pain, suffering, hunger, disappointment, friendship, love. He knows exactly what it's like to be human. 
Well, what about our friend, our newspaper journalist? We're told later on that this man in 1981 was to find Jesus for himself. I don't know whether you've heard of Lee Strobel. Some of you would have. He's written a number of books because of his legal mind. They always start with the case for, the case for faith, the case for Jesus, the case for Christmas. I mean, $1.95, you want to get a copy these days? The case for Christmas, telling you what I've been telling you this morning. The case for creation. This man, amongst others who have now discovered the real Jesus, is an apologist telling us today that Jesus is real that we can put our faith in him. He, in, in his legal mind, he investigated the claims of the gospel and came away believing. As uh, Stuart Briscoe said, it's not a matter of uh, being sentimental. This is based on truth and fact. And the Spirit of God touches our hearts and calls us that we one day say, yes, Lord, me too. Today, we remember that Jesus came and he came for us. He came to change the world. He came to change us. And he came to give us forgiveness, new life, eternal life. Now I'm going to close with a quote from Charles Swindoll. This is what Charles Swindoll has to say about Emmanuel, God with us. He who resided in heaven co-equal with the Father and the Spirit, willingly descended into our world. He breathed our air, felt our pain, knew our sorrows, and he died for our sins. He didn't come to frighten us, but to show us the way to warmth and safety. God could have sent a conqueror, a powerful man, to compel us to be his people. He sent a child to be one of us, that he might know us, that he might die for us in our place. Friends, today is the day we remember God's great love. Let's not over-sentimentalise Christmas. Let's give Jesus the place he deserves. Let's give him ourselves. Let's pray. Our gracious God, we thank you for the fact that you, through your Holy Spirit, continue to speak to hearts and lives. Lord, we admit we are like this uh, newspaper man, uh, going our way, not really believing or being sentimental about it. But Lord, we know that by your Spirit you can touch our hearts and we will believe as we come face to face with the living God in Jesus. We pray today that all of us may know Christ, that freedom, that forgiveness, that hope. And for those who may not, we ask, Lord, today that you would start a work in their lives that they too may know Jesus. We pray it in his name. Amen.